Hey, Nate, uh, glad to see you're back, man. Yeah, yeah, what do you think, right? Gold body, gold legs, gold arm, and, you know, the red arm. Yeah, I didn't want to say anything uh, with everything you've been through, but what's what's up with the mismatched arm? Well, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't always match my socks correctly, so I don't think it's that big of a thing. But since you asked, um, so you know that a while back they passed the Halfway Affordable Care Act, you know, Papa Care? You know? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Uh, well, it's based on tiers, right, of, of how long you've been with a particular position. And just yesterday, the 16th, that was my 14th anniversary as a Star Wars podcaster. Oh, congratulations. Uh, yeah, except, of course, the tiers are on multiples of five. So had I been at a 15th year, I would have been a higher tier. All gold, baby. But no. 14 years, they cut me off, and basically they would pay for everything but one arm, and it's not like I had a lot saved up, so I just had to get the red arm, at least temporarily. I mean, it, it works, though. It's functional. I'm just, I'm a little bit concerned that people aren't going to recognize me. Yeah, it's, I don't know, man. That makes cause some problems around here, but I guess got to make do with what you got. I'm thinking that I'm going to take a little bit of uh you know, take a cue from triple zero. I think what I'm going to do is just anytime I need to deliver a beat down, I'm going to do it with my right hand because, you know, red arm, blood won't be able to tell the difference as long as whatever species I'm beating down has red blood. Yeah. And also probably not that Wookiee. You should probably just leave him alone for a little while. Yeah. I mean, that was the play. Hey, he leaves me alone. I'll leave him alone. Okay, well, that's great. Well, uh, glad uh, glad Papa Care took care of you and everything, and you're happy now, I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I would have liked to have had the other arm be gold, but, you know, you take what you can get. Uh, and apparently, the Empire takes and takes and takes, and I get a little. But but that's okay. Long live Palpatine! Long live Palpatine! Look, did, you, did you ever find the last of those bugs? Yeah, I think we're good. Enjoy your stay at What have we here? I suggest a new strategy. You truly belong here with us, fucking club. Welcome, scoundrels, to Cloud City Casino, your destination for Star Wars and gaming and more. I'd like to thank you for visiting our fabulous podcast, Among the Clouds, and I am your administrator of this facility, and of course your host, Michael Morris. And joining me, without really any sort of official title, I, I suppose, Nathan P. Butler. Hello, everyone. Is that because recently we did ourselves a Battlefront livestream podcast episode number 16 on YouTube, by the way, youtube.com slash user slash Croto Radio, and we spent some of the time trying to discuss what counted as a host and a co-host to figure out what the heck I was? That's exactly where I was going with that. Good, uh, good plug there. Ah, see? See? Perfect recall now that I got all my cybernetic parts and stuff. Yeah, it's working for you. Uh... So, yeah, I don't know. So, so Bruce had a title uh, at the time. He was the podcast liaison, podcast liaison officer. That's hard to say right now. Um, so, I don't know. Maybe we can, since you, uh, with your new parts and all, maybe you can be like the uh, protocol and, uh, uh, what's the, 
what, let me think here. Protocol and um, it was etiquette and protocol. Well, I, what, I wasn't going to go with etiquette. I was I was trying to think of. Uh, oh, what you don't think I can be polite? I, I mean, are we talking about Brian Wood or? Oh well, that's true. <laughs> that, that is possibly I mean, true. Just, de- just depends on the, the topic. Uh, well, I just know I just know that with all these cybernetic parts, I need to be careful before I try to liaison with any officers, if you know what I mean, because I don't actually know how all this stuff works yet. Um. Well, I don't know. I, I don't think you're supposed to get it wet. <laughs> it's, and and the whole crowd around us in Cloud City stops and looks at you like, dude. Dude. <laughs> oh, well, I, f- I figure I'll just keep pushing the line until I uh, figure out exactly where it is. So I did that with the Wookiee, you know. Uh that's true. I don't want any cybernetics, but I don't I don't think that anybody, you know, the worst case scenario I would get fired, not you know, rebuilt. Can you get fired if you're the Baron administrator? Can you fire yourself? Well, that's true, but you know, I mean, I'm just of the casino. The casino's in Cloud City, and you know, there's higher ups like Lando Calrissian or the Blantons. You know how it goes. Ah, yeah, that's true. I hear those Blantons are known to kind of push people off the edge and just let you fall and fall and fall. Uh, I heard that uh, he actually chose to fall himself. That's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> or improbable. Which one is it? So... Mm. I noticed something recently that in our last few episodes, you haven't been counting down to Rogue One. Yeah. Is there a reason we're not counting down to Rogue One? Are you no longer excited about Rogue One? What's going on? I'm really excited about Rogue One. I'm just not really excited about trying to figure out the math and which day that the podcast is going to land and everything anymore. So I'm just like, screw it. I am done with that noise. (laughs) And more podcast core math, huh? Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, and and no one really seems to have missed it, so or at least they haven't said anything. I don't know if they're like, how many days is it? We're we're flipping it on to see. I mean, it, <laughs> if yeah, you, I don't think so. No, if if you were, and and you're like, man, it's been so lame lately without that. You can always write us at cloudcitycasino at gmail dot com and let us know. Ooh, nice one there, nice hook. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. It's I mean, it's that's the thing is you know we don't. A lot of a lot of people I know you're listening and you're just like yeah listen to this or whatever. If you have any thoughts, let us know because otherwise we won't have a clue. Speaking of right, we have somebody who was actually following the show and then followed the live stream and interacted with us. That's a great way to interact with us. By the way, just hop on the live stream whenever we happen to be doing one, and has also sent us an email. Correct. That is true. Um, and let let me go ahead and pull that up. That's a, that live stream was a lot of fun. I, we we got to do another one of those soon. Absolutely, yeah. So basically, what he's what we're talking about, folks, is I started up a live stream podcast. I call it a live stream podcast because it's a live stream, but the idea is to make it more about the discussion than the actual playing of the game. It's just kind of playing while talking thing. And I started up a while back. I've got about 17 episodes out now. Michael was with me for number 16, and basically, it's just you know. Hopping on, playing some Battlefront, and either answering questions and interacting with the people in the chat, or having a guest on, and both doing that. Um, the only downside is that the only one who can actually see the chat questions is me, so I have to kind of play moderator and make sure I'm grabbing questions. But it was a lot of fun, and uh, I think that with our schedules, working out doing more of those should be an easy thing to do. We tried doing it with Mark a little bit, but our schedules are so crazy that um, lining those up has been difficult. 
Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, let me let me get into that email from Nathan Roberts. Uh, he says, Michael and Nathan, I hope this email finds you well. My name is Nathan Roberts. You remember me as Cops and Roberts from Battlefront Livestream. I'm a big fan of Cloud City Casino, which immediately I was like, yes, awesome, because I, you know, I didn't know that we had big fans, so. I didn't know that we had fans. <laughs> right. Uh, the both of you hold different perspectives and how you look at, uh, at and react to things. I think it's great. You're both funny and engaging and knowledgeable about Star Wars in its many forms. You're also both critical but fair in your analysis of Star Wars in both story and business. This is what I'm most interested in. Uh, now that you're all buttered up, I'll get to the point. Over the next several weeks, I'll be getting ready to launch a Star Wars podcast of my own. It's called Luminous Beings. My hope for the uh, my hope for this is that it will be a place not only for fans to engage uh, and their voices heard uh, through call-ins, interviews, emails, etc., but also for other podcasters to come and engage with other podcasters uh, while handily cross-pollinating and prom- uh, promoting their own podcast. In short. I would love for the both of you to be guests on the first episode of Luminous Beings. I think your insights could serve the podcast well in establishing where I want want it to go and what I want it to be. Don't worry, I don't plan on dropping the first episode until early July, but I'd be thrilled if you were both if you'd both consider it. Uh, if you'd like to discuss details or have any questions, I'd love to talk about it. Um, so first thing, Luminous Beings. I really like that name for a podcast. Me too. Although now there needs to be like a competing one that you're always ragging on called crude matter, right? <laughs> Luminous beings are we, not just crude matter. <laughs> the crude matter podcast. Kind of like I think that there needs to be a magazine about uh, about poop called fecal matters that could go to like gastrointestinal doctors because they, you know, fecal matter, fecal matters. That's, no? That's, come on. That's a, that's a little... Uh... Look, my, little, my dad's little a veterinarian, my sister is a nurse. They both found it really funny. They're the only <laughs> ones that have found it really funny, but they found it really funny. Right, right. Uh, yeah, I do like that. Luminous Beings. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I can, I got, it's one of the few names for a podcast that I've heard where it's almost like you can sort of, you don't have like an exact logo, but you can sort of get a feel for what visually that would look like as a logo and such, you know, just immediately upon hearing it. That's a really evocative name. Yep. Yes, for sure. And then, uh, speaking of logos, they'll just go off topic for just a second. We, I'm hoping I've, I've got everything uh, through with Riley, but we now have our new logo, and I'm hoping that uh, we should have that up on iTunes now, or, or by this point that everyone would be listening to it. So if you're like, "Hey, what is this new thing here? Did is this a new podcast that I don't remember downloading? No, no, same podcast. Just keep on listening and." Uh, Hopefully everyone likes it. Everyone, we've gotten really, really good feedback from it so far. We've been using it uh, for about a week or so now on um, on the Facebook and Twitter pages, and and people really seem to like it. So I, I'm excited. It was uh, Jamie Cosley did that for us, and he do, always does great work. Um, if you want anything done by him, you can find him uh, over. Let's see, I think his name on Twitter is Cody the Cavalier. Yes, that, that's what it is. So you can always go check out his work. And he's done. Um, he's actually done some work for uh, Tops. He did some of their artist inserts uh, back for the Journey to the Force Awakens uh, card set. Very nice, <laughs> legit. Um, yeah, I I know that Luminous Beings, that sounds like a really cool concept. Um, sure, I'd, I'd definitely love to hop on there. Yeah, I think it's, it's an honor to be asked. To be the first guest, of course, that also means we better not screw it up. Well, it also means that any guest coming on after that 
probably won't have uh, a hard time following that maybe his his thought process there perhaps <laughs> right he's like he's like don't worry he's like you just got to be better than those guys and they're like oh yeah i can do that no big deal i think it's it's i like the idea of sort of rotating and bringing in more people from the community and such cuz i think that that's something that it's always been an idea that has popped up as something to do as part of an existing podcast, but to make that the concept behind a podcast makes it sound like something that could actually happen. Because most of the time right. we talk, yeah, yeah, let's just have all kinds of people. And yeah, that never winds up happening. Right. That actually having something built around that and kind of bringing the community voices together, that's, that's a pretty cool idea. Yep. So that is our way of saying, absolutely, let's do that. Uh, just, you know, once you have a, a hard date or, or closer... Uh, to that, something we might can work out for when you want to actually record that. We are we are down for it. Calling all Star Wars fans. Twin Suns Outpost is officially inviting you to the Twin Suns Expo on June 25th from 11 to 4 at Key Lime Cove Water Park and Resort in Gurney, Illinois. Join us to meet Star Wars legends Tom Kane, the voice of Yoda in the Clone Wars, and Tim Rose, Admiral Akbar in Return of the Jedi, and The Force Awakens. This is a free event with free autographs, panels, a 501st presence, and much more. For more information, please visit www.twinsonsoutpost.com or email ericpfeiffer at eric.twinsonsoutpost at gmail.com. So... Go ahead. We've got a lot going on this week. We're unfortunately going to have to push the Shadows of the Empire discussion back again because we got just hit over the head with a lot of news for this week. So we we aren't going to have enough time to cover both. So we're going to cover everything. What? You know that if we keep pushing back the Shadows of the Empire coverage, it's just going to wind up like that C-3PO comic and it's not going to fulfill what anybody wants. That's true. I guess we'll just try not to get super philosophical on that episode. True. And make sure that our art stays of good quality <laughs> instead of crap. Okay. Well, but we've had, we've had that discussion previously. Yeah. Let's uh, everyone go back to the uh, battlefront. What was it again? Which one? And interplug here. The episode. Oh, the battlefront live stream podcast. Number 16. There you go. On YouTube? Is that where we were discussing it? We were discussing yes. it on here. Oh, yeah, we okay. Like I remember, we just it all blurs together. Heck, right. today's already blurring together. Speaking of blurring together, though, it was a big week for news in Star Wars gaming as, to the point where you could almost miss it as the discussion was going by for one thing as something else was popping up and zipping by news-wise in the background. It's a lot more news than expected. What is our news bite numero uno? Yes, that's right. That takes us to the hollow vid. Um, <laughs> their uh, first thing, we'll just go ahead and get the worst out of the way, which is Disney Infinity, the game that we all love and have been collecting. I'm pretty sure, Nate, uh, you got almost all of it to most of it. I got all of the Marvel, st- or excuse me, I got all of the Star Wars stuff, with the exception of I still have not gotten Kylo Ren yet, the the light up saber version. So I, I'll have to grab him soon. But uh. Shouldn't have to worry about getting any more, unfortunately, because they are not going to be making any more. Yes, they've 
announced that basically Disney Interactive Studios, which includes Avalanche, which is a studio doing all the creation uh, and, and development on Disney Infinity, they're just going to say, you know what, we're done actually producing games. We're just going to basically be the publisher for games now, sort of lend our name to it, very Trump-esque. Um, we're going to lend our name to it, kind of like what happened with LucasArts in the latter days. And as a result, Avalanche is being shut down. People are being laid off. And Disney Infinity has basically come to an end as far as Star Wars goes. They've got a couple more expansions or toy box items that are coming back, or not toy box, playset items that are coming out in the next couple of months, but they're not Star Wars related. So it looks like what we've got for Star Wars right now is it. Uh, I was someone who collected all of the Marvel figures, all of the Star Wars figures, uh, two, did 2.0 3.0 have the free version of 1.0 on my Wii U because the Wii version was so horrible they just made the Wii U version free for anybody to download. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of taken aback by this. It, the game was getting better with each iteration, and there's a lot of frustrating elements, especially like space combat in the Star Wars ones. But it seemed like it was really ramping up, and yeah, it turns it, out it was ramping up only to fall off a cliff. Yeah, it's, I mean, this completely took me by surprise. I did not see this coming at all. And maybe I should have. Maybe I should have, uh, maybe there's something there that if I was better at my job or whatever that I would have seen it. I, I don't well, know. You but know, there was one I thought storm it was doing warning. Great. Okay, and that was? The one storm warning was the fact that they said they weren't going to do a new iteration as 4.0. Right, right. But... That doesn't necessarily mean much of anything. That could everybody was interpreting that as, hey, they're so, you know, they're so happy with how 3.0 turned out that they're going to do like Marvel Battlegrounds, and a while after it's out, they're going to just put out more content for it, so you're not rebuying the base game. Everybody thought that was a, a good thing, like good news, and right. apparently not. Yeah, yeah, it's I, I was the same way because I even said when they when they announced that because there there was like a couple people like oh, and I'm like, well, that's great, just keep. Keep putting out play sets and things, and and we'll keep buying them for this one. I think that uh, for this type of game, the graphics are where they need to be, and I don't think that anything's really going to be, you know, come next year. I, I don't think that it's it's a type of game where you're going to need another edition. So I never took that as a you know any sort of negative or, or warning sign. I thought that was just them, you know, saying, hey, we're going to focus more on the actual. On, on the actual playsets and and mm -hmm. and characters and stuff, so that's uh, you know, I mean, it, it stinks. It, it it really does. I'm glad that we got the three playsets that we did for Star Wars, but I mean, really, we didn't get a prequel playset. Not really. We got the Clone Wars playset, um, but we didn't get a a prequel playset. We could have we could have gotten that. Uh, we could have went with Rebels. I think that there's there's still places that we could go mm -hmm. i mean heck by next you know by uh come christmas time they could have had a rogue one play set ready to roll um you know i i think there was still a lot of room to uh to move around in there and and so that's it's it's just interesting to me i guess more than anything i just i'm just like i don't understand why you just didn't continue to work with what you had i mean I thought it was selling well and was popular. I mean, have you heard anything to the contrary to that? Or No, in fact, it became, I think just last year, it was thanks to the Star Wars content in a big way. 3.0 actually was outselling its main competitors. And so, I mean, it, it was topping, you know, Skylanders that started the craze and all. I think, 
I mean, they did a lot with what they had. And I think if there's anything that that we in seeing the iteration of 2.0 to 3.0 was showing us, you had basically three Marvel play sets in 2.0. You had your three Star Wars ones in 3.0. So we couldn't necessarily have expected a whole lot more until they announced, hey, we're not going to do another iteration. We'll just have more content for this, possibly, which opened up that door. Um, they did have Rebels figures that were just native to the toy box. They were not native to any play set. So you're right. You know, Rebels would have been a perfect fit for that. Um, they did those light effects figures. But not for everybody. There's only, you know, a handful of them. So there's still lightsaber wielding characters that don't have those. Apparently, we'll never have a full run of those things. Uh, but I think that their most recent playset, at least the playset that I picked up, um, and some of the toy box stuffs they did this time really showed the versatility of the game. You had two toy box expansions. One was like a dungeon crawler type thing, toy box takeover. Then you have one that's basically like a Mario Kart, cart racing, cart battler game uh, in toy box speedway. And then they released Marvel Battlegrounds and Marvel Battlegrounds was it was unlike anything they did with the other Marvel stuff. But what they wound up doing was repurposing all these old Marvel figures from 2.0, giving them new abilities, new skills, and making it into this brawler type of game um, that just totally revitalized that chunk of the line. So to see them do all that and still decide, you know what, this you know, this isn't what we want to do anymore. I'm assuming this is less about Disney Infinity itself having issues and more about just from a cost standpoint and sort of a company vision on where they wanted to go because it's not just oh we're killing disney infinity or oh we're killing avalanche it's we're not going to develop our own games anymore and that's a huge change that is it's got to be based on more than just you know the one premiere game they were doing so i don't suppose that they had any hand in the playmation games not that i can tell it seems like playmation was more of like a disney and hasbro thing there are companion apps but it doesn't appear that it went through quite as extensive development. It doesn't look like Avalanche was involved, although I do find this interesting, something Mm -hmm. I didn't know until I was actually looking into it on the Playmation website and saw a copyright that included a mention of Lucasfilm. Apparently, Playmation uh, is supposed to have Star Wars content sometime. They say Star Wars and Frozen in 2016 and 2017, but whether that means... Star Wars in 2016, Frozen in 2017 is kind of up in the air, but it's interesting that they're going to do that. But that's more of like a um, there's the app and such, but it's more like you got toys that interact with other toys that interact with the app. It almost reminds me of Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future back in the day shooting your TV set. <laughs> OK, yeah, I I don't know anything about that. I, I suppose maybe that could be cool. Um, I don't have really high hopes, but then again, I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know anything about Playmation to know how good it is. I just, that's the thing. I haven't heard much. I know it's something that's been out because when I would go pick up uh, some of the the figures for Disney Infinity, you would see those as well. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is something. I'm not, uh, I'm really not digging on the sculpts as much. Really? And see, I was, the, I was the other way around. I was like, I would see those and be like, man, why can't the Disney Infinity figures look like that? Oh, I see. I think they look cheap. I think they look really cheap. I think that it really looking at the Disney Infinity figures, I think that they there's really some quality to them. Uh, and the, the Playmation thing looked like uh, Hasbro toys, just to be honest. So <laughs> when oh, yeah, you I mean, say I, that, I, it doesn't surprise me. I think that's where you and I differ. Like to me, initially, as much as I like the stylization now of the Disney Infinity figures, now right. that you can kind of see them across a whole line, there was a time at which I thought they looked very cartoony and kitty, which I guess is what they're meant to be. Um, 
So I was preferring the more realistic style. But as we found with Fantasy Flight Games Art of the Rebels crew, realistic is not necessarily always a good thing. Right. Holy crap, Ezra's nose. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I understand that. It's just to me, the quality of it still kind of looks like it looks cheap. Uh, for instance, I'm looking at one right now with Loki and it's a promotion shot and a staff is like bent. And I'm like, really? That's uh, that's what we're going to do there? And even still, he's not super lifelike. He does still have a, a bit of a cartoon look to him. For instance, his, his fist is larger and his feet are larger and stuff. So... I just, uh, I, I think that uh, these kind of look cheap, just be honest. It may be a great game. It might be, but I haven't been hearing anyone saying that. So I'm just, I don't know. For me, I'm a little shocked that Disney Infinity, which I've heard nothing but good about, is closing doors, whereas this one, I suppose, is still going and may even, you know, see some, um, may even see some Star Wars content coming up, so... Mm-hmm. And of course, there's there's the door that that might open too. Right. Uh, transitioning with the show notes that he wrote as if it was my idea. Um, <laughs> but what, they gave two reasons back in the day, not that long ago, as to why you wouldn't see Star Wars content in Lego Dimensions. Right. Um, Lego Dimensions being the game that's a lot like Disney Infinity or a lot like a Skylanders where basically you've got the little toys and you stick them on the pad and they enter the game and you can play with them if you own them. And just with Lego rebuilding and changing as they level up kind of stuff involved. It's a pretty cool game. I actually think it's pretty fun. Their Doctor Who set's fantastic. But they said, no, no, no. Even though there are Star Wars Legos and we have Lego Star Wars videos, we have Lego Star Wars things airing on television and you know, Lego Star Wars is huge, or excuse me, huge, um, we're not actually going to see Star Wars enter the Lego Dimensions game because, number one, it would compete with Disney Infinity, which is where their focus was, and number two, because they didn't like the idea of Star Wars interacting with other properties in story fashion. So they were cool with Disney Infinity because the, they were in their own universe and you're only using Star Wars characters in the Star Wars play sets. And they were cool with the toy box because, well, it's just like a toy pulled out of your toy box playing with the others. It's not like there's a story there. We're not creating a muddiness of continuity as if the audience is too stupid to know, you know, yeah. when something I have, counts or not. I have always called um, BS on that one. But it's interesting that they would say that, but they also had a little bit of Star Wars crossing over with, say, the Lego movie. So part of me sits back and, and wonders, OK, now that their whole Disney Infinity uh, competition rationale is now knocked out, is that other rationale going to be enough for them to continue saying, no, we're not going to do Star Wars and Lego Dimensions? Or does this open the door for Star Wars to enter Lego Dimensions? Maybe like a Lego Dimensions 2.0 or like a next generation version, perhaps maybe not the one we've got now, but that maybe the door has been kicked open. Right. Yeah, it's. You know, I mean, to me, if we lose, which I mean, we will, if we're losing Disney Infinity, but if we don't get anything else to, to replace it of, of quality and value, that could, you know, that would be a bummer. But I do think that the idea that possibly seeing uh, seeing them move over to the Lego Dimensions could actually kind of be awesome because, you know, we, we have the, the play sets that we already have. And we can play those, and, and that's great and everything. But if we then get the Dimensions thing coming out as well, then that's going to be more content and everything that, that could 
you know, I, I, that could essentially be a win-win. I mean, it, yeah, it would be great if we had both uh, things, but I don't know. It's, I, I, I'm excited about it. And, you know, you, you've mentioned several times that the different uh, um, genres, I guess, that, that are already built into that. And I'm like, well, you know, I would kind of get into it, but there's not been anything that would has really pushed me there yet. If they do a Star Wars setup for it, then that could really push me toward it, you know, um, and, and not just, oh, hey, look, I got Dimensions and I got all Star Wars stuff. I would uh, very potentially get some Doctor Who stuff and maybe some uh, Ghostbusters or some of the other ones. So, I, you know, I think it's cool. I think Lego, you know, the, the Lego minifigures are, are super collectible and stuff, and uh, th- those come with those as well, correct or no? With Lego Dimensions? Yeah. Beyond the core game, then, you have what are called level packs, team packs, and fun packs. Uh, A level pack gives you a new minifigure, so a new character, plus a vehicle, plus a gadget, plus a new mission in the game itself. So, for instance, um, if I were to want uh, uh, Doctor Who, then I could get the Doctor Who level pack, and it gives me the Doctor, the TARDIS, and K-9. Right. Or if I wanted the Back to the Future one, it's Marty McFly, the DeLorean and a hoverboard. Then you've got the team packs, which brings no new game content per se, like no new missions or anything, but gives you two characters, one vehicle uh, and one gadget. Then you get the fun packs, which is one character plus one vehicle or gadget. So, for instance, a team pack would be like the Jurassic World one. You have two figures plus the little weird gyroscope thing they were riding in, plus a velociraptor. And then a fun pack would be something like, oh, I'm trying to think of a good example of these. There's not a whole lot of them. Like um, like Doc Brown with the time-traveling train from Back okay. to the Future. So there's different types where they have different sort of tier levels of price plus tier levels of what all is included. Unlike Disney Infinity, where it tended to be just playset pack or individual figure. This one kind of has like a middle ground to it. Okay. Yeah, you know, to me, I think that it, like I said, it sounds great. I, I really hope that we go this route and we're not just speculating and then we'll never see it. Uh, because I, I just don't feel like that, that the other reason was, was correct. The whole, you know, oh, we want to keep things. No, no. I think that may have just been a, another excuse for them to say, uh, kind of like, like I think they did mention something back when they were talking about the whole uh, episode eight you know, saying, oh, you know, it's going to be pushed back to December um, because of filming or whatever. And, you know, and it kind of works better for us, blah, blah, blah. It's like, ah, you know, th- there's the one. There's the, the correct answer. And because of, of mm-hmm. course, you know, and then we see, oh, I, I think I brought up the, it was actually an episode here recently where I, br- I brought up, oh, I, I, I don't understand. I thought I thought we're doing script rewrites. Are we going to do those after we're done shooting? When are those script rewrites <laughs> going to happen? You, you, I mean, it's going to take you six months, right? You know, and and I'm I'm being facetious because clearly that's not the case, and and I don't care. I understand that they want to move it back to December because they make so much more money, and that makes sense and everything, right? But it's like once again, like oh, here's a very flimsy excuse uh, for the real reason, and I think it's the same thing with this. Now that the uh, the real reason is no longer an issue, will the flimsy the flimsy excuse hold? And I say no. Yeah, I think that that reason is going to fall by the wayside pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. And imagine, if you will, 
Star Wars characters interacting with characters from, and these are all already in the game, DC Comics, The Lego Movie, Wizard of Oz, Lord of the Rings, Back to the Future, Scooby-Doo, Portal, The Simpsons, Jurassic World, Ninjago, Chima, those are Lego things, apparently, uh, Doctor Who, Midway Arcade, and Ghostbusters. Chaos would ensue, and chaos with Legos is fun. Yeah, I I am all about that. I hope it happens, you know, so badly. I hope that that happens. I think that would be a ton of fun. And so, look, you know, we've got uh, we've got around the corner actually. So next month, I believe, we have the the Force Awakens Lego game is supposed to be coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, there could be maybe some sort of crossover f- from there. And then also that uh, mm, what's the animated short that's coming out the uh, the Freemaker series. So we could see stuff from that, too. I, I think that it's just so expansive. There's so much that they could pull from. Uh, that It's just, you know, it's going to go together like peanut butter and jelly. Peanut butter jelly time. Sorry. Um, yeah, I think it would be a perfect fit. Uh, I, I will say, uh, while we're on the topic, we'll get into it more when the game actually comes out, I'm sure. But with Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens, I find it interesting that they're giving us a game... They're really kind of expanding upon what they're allowing the Lego games to do because they're giving us a game that is going to tell us stories that are sort of the Lego versions of events that are essentially canonical, like the original capturing of the Rathtars. How does Lor Santeca get to where he is and meet with Poe? The saving of Admiral Akbar from being captured by the First Order that appears in or is mentioned as part of the plot line of the C-3PO, the Phantom Limb comic. All of that stuff will be in it. Plus, this is, at least for Star Wars, the first time that we're going to have a Star Wars Lego game that has purchasable DLC, downloadable content. Yes, EA has gotten to them as well. (laughs) I don't, you know, I have no issue with DLC. I have an issue with how sometimes DLC can be utilized. You know, the, mm-hmm. the whole thing of like, hey, here's a game and we're going to give you part of it for the cost of the game. Right. If you want the rest of the game, then you can uh, you can pay that. Because, for instance, you know, we just uh, basically just went on and on about how much we love Disney Infinity. All that is, is a ton of DLC, right? But the thing is, it's like, well, you have what I love so much about it is that you have, for instance, the Twilight of the Republic game you know that that playset is a game and then you have the totally different the force awakens game or or the uh what was the other one rise of the empire game rise against the empire yeah yeah i mean those are like three different games so i don't feel like ah you should have given me all of this initially you know it's like no these are different things you you have the game itself but you can add more to it it's not like uh one one that i really disliked was back uh ubisoft did this with Assassin's Creed 2. Assassin's Creed 2 was mm-hmm. probably the best game uh, of that series, in my opinion. But to get the actual story, like because there was uh, like 13 levels or something like that, but like level 8 and level 11 were cut out. Yep. They've they, done that with pretty much every Assassin's Creed game since, yeah. too. Uh, I just finished up uh, where the last one was right before Syndicate, I guess, Unity. Uh, and it's the same thing. I think DLC, I think... It works as long as it's something that's not essential. Like, I think with The Force Unleashed, they did a great job with DLC when they gave us sort of those alternate reality missions, you know, like uh, what if Starkiller had gone dark type things. It's just a question of, I think, one, be straight with us 
on what it is that we're getting, what it is that we're paying for. Like if you're going to give us a season pass, are we getting a season pass of multiplayer content or single player content? Because that can make a big difference for the buyer and whether they want all the DLC or not. Um, I would also say it makes a difference as far as playing it straight for those who want who may wind up repurchasing like with The Force Awakens. Force Awakens, excuse me. The Force Unleashed. I always get those confused. Yeah, it's, that's um, it's it's common. They uh, right. the Force word beginning in a vowel. <laughs> um, so I guess the next was like the Force Osteoporosis, and it's about them when they're really old. Um, but no, they did a thing where it was okay. So you've got the Force Unleashed. Now you've got the Jedi Temple level. Now you've got this DLC. But oh wait. It, or the Tatooine DLC, I guess it was. Um, and here's the ultimate Sith edition that's going to come with this exclusive Hoth level. So if you want to play the Hoth level and see that content, pick up the ultimate Sith edition. And there were people who were asking them, so can why, can we buy this separately at some point? Like, it's exclusive to the ultimate Sith edition. Ultimate Sith edition comes out a little while later. Boom, it gets dropped as an individual piece of DLC. People are pissed. Because they right. went and rebought the original game and the DLCs they already had in this package to get that one exclusive level. And it turns out they could have bought it for significantly cheaper later as DLC. They've got to play it straight. And they got to stay clear, hopefully, of microtransactions. At least with what they're doing with Battlefront, people gripe about the price of the DLC and whether it's worth it or not. Which is sort of a more of an individual opinion thing. But at least it's a package of stuff. As opposed to it being, oh, you were wanting to reach level 60 and we have an anemic XP and credit structure? Hey, how's about you pay us five bucks and we'll give you 5,000 experience or whatever. Right. Which is the way that freemium games work. But there are plenty of full-priced AAA video games that still do that. Uh, I think Dead Space 3 did that. Um, and I think that was the moment where I was like, are you kidding me? And given that that was, I believe, Visceral and EA... <laughs> It's a little bit concerning. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even bringing that up, because I don't I don't play too much with him. My, my brother, uh, he keeps up with the Call of Duty games because uh, one of his friends is really into them. And, and he kind of likes them pretty good, too. So they, they it's just something that they do constantly because they, they went to high school together. And then um, his friend Jason uh, joined the Army and, and uh, moved to Texas. So that's kind of like a thing that they, they do just to kind of catch up and have fun, right? He was, I was talking to them the other night, and with that one, it's kind of the same thing. It's like, okay, it's fifteen dollars for the new expansion, and maybe I'm I'm remembering incorrectly here, but because I, I I remember being like, seriously, that's ridiculous. Fifteen bucks, two maps, not like not like on Battlefront where it's fifteen bucks and you get like say, oh, it's a, it's another planet that may have multiple maps for different. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be kind of different for. Um, depending on, on what, uh, what you're in, you know, as, as far as like wh uh, what kind of game mode you're in. No, it's just like, here you go. There's this map. It's going to be like this all the time and you'll get one more. Give me $15. Uh, just that's, that's a, I, th and I think that's, that's a good comparison because people tend to think of DLC as like all one thing or all another. It's whatever the community and the market will bear for that product so for call of duty they can do that and people are still gonna buy it if it was battlefront i'm not sure that they would but you're right there's a vast difference in what dlc you can expect for what price and call of duty is a perfect example of 
where it's it's kind of run amok and you're not getting a whole lot, but you're still paying quite a bit. Right, right. But to be fair, it also had a story mode. So, you know, you... <laughs> a story mode in a first-person shooter? The community doesn't want that. Isn't that what EA said? That's not mm. what we want. And then John Boyega's like, yes, we do. Yeah, to be fair, I think they said, we don't have freaking time for this. <laughs> like I said, I, yeah, I still much. hold by that being the case. I just... And, and the thing is with that, I can't really blame them for for not saying that because if you, you know, if they came to you and said, hey, I need you to do this, and then someone asked you, like, hey, why don't you have this story mode? You're not going to go, well, because they didn't give me time because then, you know, Disney's going to be like, oh, we didn't give you time, huh? Well, how about... It was our fault then. Yeah. How about we go down to the street and we'll just, you don't worry about it anymore. We're going to take all this money and all of this work and stuff and we'll we'll have Ubisoft take care of it. I'm sure they can get it done in time and, and it won't be so stressful for them. And you're like, me and my big old mouth. So. <laughs> it, it reminds me very much of the uh, the South Park episode with Mickey Mouse in it, where he's just beating the crap out of people and taking their money. Uh, sure. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna blame us, huh? Oh, oh, say you love Disney. Say the mouse is great, <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, to to that effect. But uh, anyhow, uh, moving on since we do have so much to hit, um, and and we were we're on Battlefront. We just got an announcement that said, hey, guys, I know, wasn't that so bad about Disney Infinity? Yeah, that's lame. But guess what? Good news. You're getting Battlefront 2 in 2017. Now, now, did they say Battlefront 2? Because I think I thought the wording of it was that we were getting more Battlefront in 2017. I didn't know. I mean, it, I'm assuming that it's Battlefront 2. But the way they said it almost made it sound as though they were they were kind of leaving the door open that this could be more content for the original game or something new, though it, it certainly is leaning toward the something new. Did they specify Battlefront 2? Uh, l- let me go ahead and just double check it. But from what I saw, they were pretty much like, yes, because they said that we would get a game for the next uh, three to four years. So, um mm-hmm. It says, next year we'll see the Star Wars Battlefront back with bigger and better worlds because we now have the new movies to work off of and not just the historical movies that we used to before. Um, and so they said, so the first, so it says, uh, okay, hold on. So um, so the uh, CFO, Blake Jorgensen, announced uh, in an earnings call that the company plans to release one new Star Wars game every year for the next three or four years, the first will be Star Wars Battlefront 2, a sequel game that was released ah. in November. Yeah, so, uh, cool. so I guess I guess I kind of did misread that because I was from how I read it the first time. It's like 2017 Battlefront 2, 2018 Battlefront 3, but that's not the case from actually mm-hmm. looking at it. Um, and that's the thing is, so that means that of course we won't have uh, a game for 2016 because Battlefront was 2015. So they are at least giving a year in between, which is good, because that's going to give them a little more time, and hopefully we can see stuff like, I don't know, freaking story mode. Um, if if Battlefront 2 does not have a story mode, I think they need to just pack up and say, all right, sorry, no more Battlefront games, at least not through uh, DICE and EA. <laughs> Right. And it could do, you know, if they did decide to do yearly iterations, they would probably have to do something where they 
they went between a couple of different publishers. Like, you know, just like with Call of Duty, you've got uh, Infinity Ward, you've got Treyarch and so on. So maybe they might say, okay, well, you know, this group is working on this. This group is working on the next iteration after that. Uh, And they did say that they weren't planning on it being a yearly iteration. Of course, that gives them plenty of time to roll out a season pass for the cost of an entire full new game in between. Right. Um, each time but i find it interesting they're like uh, you know more worlds bigger and better and everybody in the back's going will there be a story mode right and, no <laughs> and they're like no john boyega sorry no story mode this time <laughs> unfortunately now they're like the, but you but you get to go back to jakku why are we going back to jakku <laughs> um <laughs> sorry couldn't he loves baiting me into that one um <laughs> But I think that it's interesting, though, that because they've said that, it also, to an extent, sort of opened up the sense of what that chain of events will be. So Battlefront 2 in 2017, then it looks like the Visceral Games. Uh, I'm looking for the name here. Then it looks like the Visceral Games game right. is going to be in 2018. That's the one with uh, Amy Hennig who's involved in it, who was involved in one of my favorite game series of all time that just had its newest installment come out, uh, I think without her involved this time, which is Uncharted. Um, oh, excellent. So we're going to get a third-person shooter, in, the, and they're saying it's kind of in the vein of what 1313 looked like, written by someone who did the freaking Uncharted games, or at least with the involvement of someone who did the Uncharted games and, and won awards for it and stuff. So that one I'm stoked for in 18. Well, that's and then what, that would make the Respawn one, probably the Titanfall creators, um, 19 then, right? If it's going to be one big AAA release per year for the next few years, I mean, that's the only ones that are announced so far, right? Right, right. But hey, um, talking about that, now I don't know if you saw any of the gameplay or, or how much you looked into 1313, but that's... The way that the design was, it was very much like LucasArts version of a, uh, it, it, like I said, gameplay at least, not story, but was very much like an Uncharted game. Oh yeah, it was like, Uncharted in space! And then right. we found out it was going to be freaking Boba Fett. And everybody's like, is it what? <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, they had the setup really felt like an uncharted in space thing with a new original character and these great, uh, the, the parkour, the climbing stuff, but then also the third person action, the cover shooter stuff. It looked fantastic. And I, there's a part of me that says that if 1313 being canceled, but still living on kind of in spirit leads us to a game. That's a little more uncharted esque that is about original characters. And essentially what we get is a similar game to what we would have gotten, but it's actually, you know, something new as opposed to freaking Boba Fett. Then I'm kind of glad 1313 got axed. Oh yeah. As soon as I found out that was going to be Boba Fett, I was like, I'm, uh, wow, my my excitement level just dropped from like a 10 or off the scale down to like a 3 because I don't care. Well, I don't know how much uh, you followed that, but we could actually do a full episode just on 1313 because there's a lot of misconception about it. You know, a, a lot of people believe that 1313 was going to be the, the next great game when in actuality... 1313 was a mess. I don't think it was ever even had uh, Lucas stuck around and, and had uh, Disney the Disney purchase not happened. It was not going to happen. That game was going for a while, and essentially what they had were two different games. There was like a change right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it was a big mess. Like I said, we should probably um, uh, chronicle that just on an episode of its own, or, or you know have a segment just for that. 
Um, I'll, I'll put that in the notes to, to try to do here soon. Maybe the, po- the postmortem, the autopsy, right? On the stillborn thirteen thirteen, <laughs> nice and right. nice and macabre. Maybe we should do that for um, uh, you know, Halloween or something. Although I guess that brings up another topic that we were discussing a little bit before the show as a topic to bring up as part of the news. And this is something that I hadn't even seen until today. Uh, speaking of games that were in development and then just died, apparently. It's like a Star Wars RTS game that was in development, and right around the time all these announcements are happening, we get the release of some of what appears to be leaked footage of this game that was in development, died, and then just was never released, basically. I I know very little about it other than that little bit, but what is, what, what's the deal with this story? Well, I mean, you pretty much stated it. Uh, essentially, just what happened was on, uh, I believe it was Vimeo. Uh, all of a sudden, it's just like, hey guys, here's a Star Wars game no one's ever seen. And everyone's like, wait, what? Is this something coming? What's going on with this? Like, I, I don't I don't know these things. Is this, are we getting uh-huh. this? Uh, we, you know, no mention of platform or anything like that. Now, just going off of uh, what I've seen and, and what I've kind of dug up on it, it seems like this is a game that, yes, was canceled. It uh, We won't actually see this game. I'm not, like, terribly... Cry, I mean, you know, I'm not gonna cry over it. Honestly, I don't know if you watched the the video of the footage or not. Um, it it looks okay, but to me, it it screams I'm a mobile game. I don't. Yeah, it looks like a mobile game, but yeah. I found it interesting that they didn't make any mention of platform on there. So I wasn't sure if I was missing something. If well, there was more information out there than what I saw. Well, there was. I mean, like this, there was nothing official to this. Like this was um, this footage was not anything coming from uh, like say. Uh, uh, Lucasfilm or Disney or anything like that. Yeah, this, this was, this was like an, uh, the old one of the former audio directors for EA mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, look at the footage I've got," and sticking it on Vimeo. Right. Apparently. Yeah. This was this if was it, definitely if a it's leak. even real. We do not have confirmation that it's real. Um, I th- I think that it had been uh, pretty much confirmed, and it was also uh, taken down from the original. Source. Yeah, the take the takedown probably would be the big key with that. I don't think they've right. actually come out and said, you know, yep, yep, this actually was something. We just. Didn't put it out. But right. it's, it's not the first time I've seen that happen. Um, I was in the – I think I can st- I can talk about it now, now that it's dead. You're not supposed to talk about the beta. Beta is kind of like Fight Club. The first rule of being in a beta is you don't talk about the beta except everybody goes out and talks about the beta. That's why other people want to get in the beta. Um, but you just don't have an imaginary friend who's, who's teaching you to beat the <laughs> shit out of people. Uh, or beat the heck out of people. Pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have to censor. Um but no, I was in the beta for Attack Squadron, which was that game that was uh, – it was a PC game initially. It was basically a mouse-controlled Starfighter combat game, and it was uh, – I don't want to say awful because it had potential, but it just really was – it was just hanky. Maybe it's just because I'm not a PC gamer, so not being part of the master race, I'm just not as good with, at – the flying controls with a mouse, but I found it really hinky to control and kind of dull, but it looked like something that had promise. And we get to the end of the beta and you're expecting them to say, thank you for being in the beta. It will hit retail or it'll be available in X amount of months or whatever. Uh, Thank you. We will use your feedback to improve the project. And it's more like, thank you. We got your feedback. Yeah, we're killing it. Which sounds to me like, wow, either something went drastically wrong with the beta or the feedback they got was, this is garbage. Uh, which, I, I mean, like I said, I don't think it was garbage, but for whatever reason, they killed it as soon as the beta was over, pretty much. Maybe everyone 
was sitting there complaining and, and they're like, wow, we can't put this game out. These guys don't even realize that you're not supposed to play with a mouse, but you're supposed to play with a flight stick. That could be, but the controls were telling you to use the mouse. It was showing you how to use a mouse. You don't use a mouse for flight games. Oh, one day you'll evolve and you'll, you'll yeah. join us. With yeah. <laughs> someday. And by someday, it'll be when I'm dead. It'll be over my dead body. But that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. Look, it's going to be like my cousin you, Bernie's with, with uh, computer games. Yeah. I, I am, I am to the whole, I will not become a PC gamer thing as my wife is to what is killing our ability to play games together these days, which is she hates the dual analog sticks. So oh, yeah. basically almost every game is out. So we're, pl- so when she and I play together, it's pretty much PlayStation one classics on the PS three because you don't use the sticks. She hates the sticks just like i just hate most of the interfaces and trying to try a pc game but i think we've had this conversation before so uh maybe i will not not too sure but hey so i think that's pretty much it for all of our video game stuff but we had a surprise when we were looking we're like let's just double check and see and we're like oh wow there is some stuff for our uh, tabletop so we'll go ahead and cover that at the degeric table and uh nate we got some new, what they're now calling, uh, or at least now, as far as I've heard, this is this is new to me. The uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember now. The uh, um, not the reinforcements pack. That's what they're calling them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I know them as uh, ally and villain packs. But when we were looking at them, they're like, check out the new uh, reinforcement packs. And me and Nate were like, what the crap is this? So um, I think it's just a, a branding thing. So instead of saying ally or villain, they just reinforcements covers both. Yeah, but point because it, it's not going to confuse anybody calling them reinforcement <laughs> packs when that's nowhere on the package. But ally and villain pack is, um, yeah. So alongside the uh, the meditation and mastery announcement for the new LC, the next LCG pack, the third one from the next cycle, and the forged in battle source book for. Uh, Age of Rebellion, which were really given a lot of shares on Facebook and whatnot. I mean, that information got around very quickly. It seems like this one, the announcement for these reinforcement packs just kind of popped up and never really made it anywhere. I don't even think Fantasy Flight Games even posted about the article on Facebook. But Yeah, well, uh, I, th- I think it posts. I'm looking at the the article date, which, you know, sometimes there's edits and things like that. But I'm thinking mm. it, like, just went live not too long ago. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yesterday, May 11th, as of the time we're recording this. Is that? I thought um, today was May 11th. No, today's the 12th, dude. Uh, well, what do I know? So, anyhow, yeah. It's um, the... It's Thursday. No, We're it's recording. No, it's Tuesday because clearly this is happening at the time that our listeners are listening. So, no, I'm sorry. Yes, Go ahead. yes, we are, <laughs> we are live, and and we don't ever edit anything. Um, right. That totally, totally will confuse people because they know that I cuss way more than this. Right. Um, but no, so we've got three new ones, and I, Michael was very excited upon seeing this, and I gotta say. I'm sort of getting there because of the potential of these characters if they're done right. You've got ally packs, and an ally pack, of course, for Imperial Assault is one that you can play for the Rebel side. Um, If it is a villain pack, then you play it on the Imperial side or the Dark side side. So we have one coming for the Rebels, which is the Obi-Wan Kenobi ally pack. And given that this is the original trilogy era, it's Alec Guinness Obi-Wan. And then for the Empire... Uh, you've got the Grand Inquisitor, which for those who don't watch Rebels, that's the uh, Powin white-headed 
uh, double-bladed spinning lightsaber inquisitor from the first season of Rebels. And of all people, Greedo. Yes, we said Greedo. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm not all that stoked about Greedo, but Obi-Wan looks cool. Grand Inquisitor looks cool. And again, I think it, it bears noting that this is only, I believe, the second time ever that they have released a wave of expansions for Imperial Assault that weren't just giving you new miniatures and game materials to go with characters that already existed as cards and tokens in a boxed set. These are actual separate products with no connection that we know of so far to a bigger set where they exist as tokens. If you want to play these characters, these are the only way thus far to get them. Yep. And you said you weren't excited about Greedo. Now, here's my thing. I was excited as soon as I saw him. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, it does kind of go back a bit to I've always had a soft spot for Greedo. Um, but I think also me going, Greedo, okay, with Battlefront. And then like, well, check him out because he's new and going, holy crap, I love me some Greedo. Right. Um, so I think that's why for this, I was like, yes, we're getting Greedo. I, th- I think Battlefront sort of uh, changed my, my reaction to what it, it would have been. But looking at this card because they actually he's the one that's the most visible that you can see he's he's kind of good dude like he only costs four points and he's got uh two green which means uh you know green is a a a great one that's usually your focus die um which a focus is something that you you want to try to generate but it's not something that uh immediately comes to you so there's there's way other ways to get it through uh some some other cards you can pull and stuff like that but so he throws two of those die which is nice uh he has seven health which is which is pretty decent and like i said especially for four points uh, he's got a white die, which I, I love the white die for defense instead of the black die. Uh, some people. That's racist. Different. Well, well, um, species. We're, we're going to say species because we're in Star Wars, but, uh, I, I like the white die just because it has the ability to completely negate all incoming damage. Whereas, uh, the black die is, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's the, um, I think it's like the dodge or something. I can't remember, but it's, it's more that as opposed to the the black die is your your armor die or whatever so um, he looks for his cost he looks pretty cool i tend to think of these things as because i tend to like the campaign mode mm-hmm. so i was like oh but i still have to earn him by doing this mission over here but um i like the fact that greedo is lower cost but my surprise talking about what you can actually see in the picture isn't greedo my surprise is we don't know what the cost of Obi-Wan is because the miniature is standing on that part of the card in the image right. they gave. But if you look at the stats for the Grand Inquisitor versus Obi-Wan, the Grand Inquisitor seems to be a stronger character. And I don't know how I feel about that because I'm um, granted this is older Obi-Wan, but older Jedi Master Obi-Wan versus the Grand Inquisitor and Obi-Wan is the weaker of the two. I mean, it's kind of one of those like, you know, imaginary matchups or like the uh uh, what was that called with the 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 tears we were looking at and the brackets we were looking at before? This is madness. Right. It's kind of like this is madness. If you put the Grand Inquisitor up against Obi Wan, aren't most people going to assume Obi Wan is stronger? But the cards seem to make it out the opposite. Well, here's the thing: is that I think that you you're just you have to look at it a little bit more um, because I would say that uh, potentially Obi Wan is actually more powerful, and and here's why. Now. Just looking at it, you've got more health with the Inquisitor, uh, but not by much. It's uh, we're looking and at speed. Yeah, but four to five also not not a huge deal either. Um, 
so so we're looking at uh, you know just a couple more points and we're looking at three more points in health, uh, which which is good. I mean, it's definitely helpful. Um, and then one more point in speed. Now here's the difference: you have the black die for defense, and now I know there's like, wait a minute, you said you preferred the white die. I I do, but hold on. Uh, versus the white die of defense for the Inquisitor. The difference is. That is it. That is all you have for the 15 points or your 15 health. Uh, there's no regeneration abilities and um, there's no built in defense. Whereas with Obi-Wan, he has the built in uh, surge block, which means that uh, surges are, um, if you look, there's like little lightning bolts that give you extra abilities that they can do. So the surge block will negate one of those abilities coming against you. So he. In a way, he has more defense. Uh, he just doesn't have as large a health pool. Ah, I see. And I will say, I noticed something else looking at these. Um, those who are familiar with the game, maybe from the earliest incarnations, or maybe the little you know campaign tutorial thing that I did on the YouTube channel, little video thing. Uh, initially, if you're going to play as any of the heroes or villains or the allies or villains, you would basically have just the one card to represent them. Relatively recently in the whole process of producing the line, they've started to give you two different versions of a card uh, for the new miniatures that you're getting. One represents the skirmish mission version of it, and the other represents the... Um, the campaign mission version. And I'm looking at them here and it looks like Greedo and the Inquisitor, from what I can tell, they seem to be ones where it would just be the one card. And it looks like Obi-Wan is one that is going to give us two different cards, one for skirmish, one for campaign. Cause it's got in the image, you can see the little symbol next to his name that represents one or the other. Am I, are you seeing the same thing? Is there, have you, seen or heard anything relating to uh, the Grand Inquisitor or Greedo having the two-card format? Um, honestly, if, if they if they did have it, then they would be right here. So uh, I would say no. I think it, it looks like they've all just got the uh, the single. Or, or are you talking about for... Um, I'm sorry, I, I may have misunderstood what you were saying. I was thinking of the uh, the Elite version or whatever, versus, but, but you're talking about the format for... Um, we're like for the Leia, campaign. you got the version for right. skirmish and the version for campaign, and you're supposed to use just that specific one because they work a little bit differently. That kind of thing, right? Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything. I would think that the only one that uh, would you would potentially need that for would be the uh, um, Obi Wan, though. Correct, or am I mistaken? I'll be honest. I don't play a lot of that. I, I play mostly the um, the skirmish mode. So as much as I I, I do like. The, the campaign, is, is it just called campaign? I can't really recall. Yeah, it's just the okay. just campaign mode, yeah. So as much as I like it, I don't really get to, um, I don't really get to play it, so. See, see, all the more reason we need to break the horrible tradition of me living so close to at multiple other people from the Star Wars Report family and actually, you know, meet some folks and get a chance to, to chill. When, when my wife and I close on our house, God willing, on the 27th, and we get that sucker set up, we we, we need to run through the campaign, like the full campaign. And that could even be a little something. Hey, what's the campaign report? Oh, I whooped Michael's ass. Um, <laughs> which is probably going to be the opposite, but at least right now I can dream, you know? Right. 
So, yeah, I mean, we definitely need to. The, the biggest thing is, ugh, looks, it's it's not that it's that far. It's just that, like, if, if I were having to head, yeah, if I had to head that way northbound, I'd be like, yeah, I'll be there. No big deal. But it's like, oh, I have to go through Atlanta. Joy. No, no you, I mean, you can just take you can just take 285. Now, see, I say that, though. Yeah. Now, I say that and say, oh, the traffic's not too bad. I went to a meeting this morning to give, to give folks an idea how bad Atlanta traffic can be. Today was a particularly ugly day. I had to be at a meeting that took me. I, I'm in the southwest part of the metro area. I had to go up that what's called the perimeter, the little bypass, uh, due north pretty much to go up to a meeting that was about 30 miles away, but still considered Atlanta metro area because that metro area is huge. Um, so going from kind of a less busy area to a more busy area. It's a trip that without much traffic takes about 35 minutes. Wound up taking me over an hour because they had found a dead body in a car (laughs) where a couple of the inner of the interstates meet and they had shut down the lanes on one of the interstates. So that took a nice while I'm on the way back, which usually takes no time at all compared to getting up there. And that wound up taking me almost two hours to make a trip that should be about half an hour because a uh, a semi truck jackknifed on the interstate and just blocked every lane. So mm-hmm. Atlanta traffic is kind of volatile and it's kind of like it has a cascade effect. When one thing happens that there's there's such an interconnectivity and so many people in this area commute instead of using public transportation, you know, Marta, which sucks. Um and the, and oh, the yeah. result is yeah. that one bad thing happening can screw everything up. And he and I are both we're both on the west side of Atlanta. So it's a little bit straighter of a shot for us. But yeah, but the yeah, way that the road systems work. Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter, though, because you're like, oh, yeah. But the only way to get there is, you know, going around the perimeter. <laughs> hey, the perimeter's easy. Perimeter's simple. Yeah. Uh, this is his way of saying, I don't want to go. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, just to just to kind of give a, a more um, comedic view, I, I suppose. There's a, a meme that's gone on uh, line. I'm sure you've seen as well, Nate, that says uh, it's like New York and it shows an overhead shot of New York and said, uh, because we want people to get to get where they're going in a uh, quick and uh, safe manner. And and it shows that everything is like a grid. All the roads in, in New York city are like a grid. And it says Atlanta because F you. And it looks like a plate of spaghetti and it's actually a overhead map of Atlanta roads. Yeah. Yeah. We even have a place called spaghetti junction. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, uh, it's, and it's it's named with no irony whatsoever. It's right. really really messed up. Um, yeah, so so we have these di- the different perspectives. What we're getting at here is that because of not having a chance to actually play this together, perhaps um, we are looking at this from the different perspectives. I, I usually tend to bring the campaign perspective, and I think these would be very interesting to see. I'm curious where their side missions fit within the timing because when you're playing the campaign, you can't just do any side mission or any mission whenever the heck you want. When you're doing the campaigns, there are time frames that are listed and certain missions are only available within that certain time frame because it's all somewhat story based. And I'm curious at what point the Grand Inquisitor or old Obi-Wan or to a lesser extent, Greedo could wind <laughs> up jumping onto the scene, like whether they're sort of more late game stuff like some of the other stuff we've seen recently or if these as being because those are all sort of tied into the big boxes and the big box sets have their own time frame for themselves. These being really separately make me wonder, are these designed to be early game stuff or designed to be late game stuff for campaign players? I think that's that's something that a campaign player, if you're just exclusively playing the campaign, is really going to want to find out before maybe making the purchase. 
Because if you're way early in the campaign and not sure how far along you're going to wind up getting before you stop playing or, or run out of time or whatever, that might make a big difference on whether you purchase these. Um, oh, yeah. Because this they're is... so time locked. Whereas for skirmish, you can – and correct me if I'm wrong because you played a lot of skirmish and I haven't really. Um, for skirmish, as long as you're building it when you're building your squad in the at the beginning, you're pretty much good to go, right? It doesn't really make that much of a difference as long as you can afford it as part of the cost. Yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, you have your cost and stuff. You usually, what happens with your uh, your skirmish games? You have your set list is is what we call them, or, or army, depending on how you think of it. But but your characters that's within a, a certain point cost, and you pretty much you throw down the tiles for where you're gonna end up being once you uh, you draw that and say, okay, we're we're doing this scenario because that's the thing is even with skirmish. It's all sort of scenario based, so you have objectives, mm-hmm. uh, or not scenario based. I guess objective based is the the correct terminology. But you have it's not just hey go kill the other side. You can do that, but you may end up losing the game because you were focusing on that while they were focusing on taking out the objectives. So, uh, but point being, yeah, you you can just grab these up as long as they fit into the point cost. You know, obviously there's the three different uh, there's the uh the rebels the uh, imperials and of course the scum and villainy and then there's ways that scum and villainy can work into both rebels and imperials um i think from from what you were saying that uh greedo could potentially be early game maybe but i i think looking at uh obi-wan and the grand inquisitor these look i don't think that this is stuff you would really want to mess with early on uh, right, right you know or, or even you know if, if you've got obi-wan you're going to be uh cleaning house and if you've got if you're going up against the uh grand inquisitor you're going to get your clock clean so you might yeah. want to you might want to be a few levels at that point i would not want to be like level one like yeah i'll take on the inquisitor because i i have played uh some early levels of of the campaign and it wouldn't end well yeah, I will say I, another thing about these for those who are kind of saying, well, you know, what all's in the pack are kind of wondering about it. When we talk about skirmish missions, he brings up a good point about how they're scenario based. You get the new scenarios for skirmish missions. Uh, you get a new skirmish map design and two new skirmish missions designed around that map in each of these expansion packs that you pick up. So like when you pick up these, each of these three characters that are sold individually will each have a pair of skirmish mission cards that are not only adding, you know, the miniatures and some other like reward cards and agenda cards and whatnot into your game. They're also providing new scenarios to play for skirmish. So it's sort of broadening your your repertoire of game options at the same time which is another thing that i really like about the way that they've done these expansion packs you know you could play one way you could play the other and if you want to play with the miniatures instead of the tokens for the ones that duplicate hey here's some more scenarios to really give you that extra value oh yeah yeah it's uh i i really do honestly think though especially not seeing the uh the larger expansion with this i, I kind of feel like this is just for us skirmish players uh this setup i mean i, I think that certainly you, you'll be able to use them as well but i feel like they more had us skirmish players in mind when they when they were designing these guys although if you find i do find their sculpts i guess my last thought on this would be that the sculpts are interesting because mm-hmm. you've got the grand inquisitor who's reaching forward as if he's doing like a force push or something but his lightsaber isn't ignited at his side, and then you've got. No, it, it doesn't is. look like it's ignited. No, it's is ignited. that ignited, or it, it, does he just have a? It's the angle. Short lightsaber. No, it's the angle that uh, that it is. It almost looks like uh, like Kylo's saber, almost 
Um, but no, it's it's just the angle that uh, that it's at. Yeah, it's definitely okay. united because it, it looks to me it's almost like uh, like the difference between saying a screma and a bow. It looks like it's a, a, a like a shorter staff version than you would expect. Um, and Obi Wan looks kind of. Obi-Wan-ish, of course. But I love the fact that Greedo is still drawing his blaster. Oh, yeah. No, that's that's so wonderful. That, that's, yeah. it's, an, it's sort of an intentional, yeah, Han shot first. Yeah, mm. yeah he he's definitely looks all awesome, and he's got his uh, blaster out as he's kind of doing like a sideways run from a, some sort of buddy cop type movie on, on the packaging. But yeah, once you actually look at the sculpt, he's like, hold on a minute. Let me pull yeah. this out here. I'm getting it. Oh, it's caught on my belt. Oh, crap. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. And yeah, it's I'm going to have so much fun with these. I, I can't wait. Um, but, but of course, we also have that uh, they have moved to the ship it, uh, shipping status on, on the website that uh, the Bespin uh, expansions should be coming soon, which means I'm going to be playing Lando like all the time. All the time. So what he's talking about here, the Bespin set, it's called the Bespin Gambit. It's another of those expansions at retails for basically $39.95, so about 40 bucks. You can get it at places like, I mean, I always use Miniature Market and get it for a little bit less. It's a 34 over there, but it's one of those box sets that's going to have the new scenarios, quite a few new miniatures in it and so forth, but then it'll have some characters in it that are tokens with the cards, and then the expansions, there are four of them, uh, four ally or villain packs or reinforcement packs, whatever they're calling them, that's going to have miniatures to replace the tokens, duplicates of the cards, and then other game materials. For those, you've got Lando Calrissian, Agent Blaze, who appears to be an Imperial in Scout Trooper armor, and Bosk, and all of those appear to be single miniature packs, so they're running 10 bucks each retail. And then you've got ISB Infiltrators, a villain pack that is running uh, $13, which generally, I believe, means... Two miniatures, if I remember correctly. So you've got those four plus Vespin Gambit that should all be, I guess, hitting game stores in the very near future. And if you've pre-ordered them places and such, hitting your mailbox in the near future, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's that's going to be fun, too, especially having uh, the Ugnaughts with their... Uh They'll actually have the the little uh, R2... Well, I guess it's not the R2 units. The uh, R5 units that they can uh, use with themselves. This is, there's some neat little mechanics with this. This is going to be fun. So, next we're going to go into our character focus segment. Who are you? I'm Solo. I'm Captain the Millennium Falcon. I'm Ahsoka. I am C-3PO. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. We got a, a huge response for this one. So uh, anybody who wants, if you have a certain character in mind that you would like us to, to cover or talk about, or, you know, especially if there's some things uh, that, that you want mentioned or whatever, you can always throw that in. Uh, Twitter's been the main place where people send it, but of course, you know, you can you can send us to the, the email, uh, cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Twitter, of course, cloudcitycasino, Facebook, any way that you can get a hold of us, and we'll, we'll uh, consider those submissions for the, the character focus. So, uh, we had a few for this one, but the one that uh, I always like to kind of go with some, something a little more interesting, uh, Neil Lowry tweeted us and said that uh, he, he really likes the Hoth Rebel Troopers, uh, or also known as the Echo Base Troopers. Uh, so h- how do you feel about that, Nate? That's kind of weird. <laughs> but, um, uh, ah, rebel cannon fodder, right? And, uh, it's interesting. That's, I mean, it's not really a specific character, but they've certainly done a lot with them. I mean, I know we're 
we're going to lean more toward the video game focus here. But I was flipping through um, as I'm packing up the books and everything for the move. I was flipping through the action figure guide. Right. And notice that that's one of those characters that shows up a lot as different action figures. I mean, tons and tons of either Echo Base Trooper or Hoth Trooper. All, they name them slightly differently, but there's tons of basically generic rebels wearing generic rebel gear. And I think we can sort of tie it into video games because even though there's a bunch of them, they all appear to be male with different color hair and different facial hair features. So perhaps Battlefront's very limited customization features <laughs> are actually accurate to the universe. Uh, I I don't feel like that's uh, that's too fair toward toward Battlefront. Where where I would you know cut into them at, at any point that I feel like they deserve it. I think that it's decent. Now, granted, they could have uh, perhaps done a sort of a, a custom character thing where you you create and it's like, I'm going to give him a scar above his eyeball or well, All you're whatever. customizing basically is the head and choosing what type of hair is on no, the head. I hear There's you. nothing below the neck that you're actually customizing unless you get to those higher levels and you're doing a, you know, like a scout trooper or something. But I, I don't know. Agreed. Don't, but, lots of males, but, but some beards, some not. I think we see Battlefront's inspiration here. True, but I, I will say that you know there's there's lots of other shooters that you don't even have that option, or at least uh, up until recently. Now, come twenty game, you know, shooters twenty fifteen, they may all have that. I don't know because I don't. Well, I don't just play wait for Battlefront Two. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get more customization for the characters, and you'll be able to choose women with a variety of facial hair. <laughs> disturbing um but anyhow yeah so so battlefront the current battlefront game is is a place where you can certainly go and be one of the the uh echo base troopers which is it's kind of neat if, if you want to be an echo base trooper you can do that in that game and uh i've been them quite a lot because uh, we get thrown on hoth when we're not being thrown on jakku and uh you know so it's 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 neat. I, I think they have a cool look. I, I actually had um, had one or two of the the figures, the Echo Base Trooper figures from the uh, the Power Power of the Force Two line back when they had the little green card back uh, in the uh, the mid nineties in there. So uh, you know the the other thing where you can find them, and and this is what I'm doing currently. My current list for Imperial Salt skirmishes, I actually use the Echo Base Trooper. I actually use two sets of them. So it's they they come in in pairs of two for your uh, deployment card. I actually have uh, two deployment cards, so a, a grand total of four Echo Base Troopers did, in my my set. Did you just say they come in pairs of two? I think that's implied. Yeah, I get a little redundant sometimes with my like my when coffee. you're saying things. Yeah, <laughs> multiple times exactly. and repeating yourself. Right, just like repeatedly. that. Repeatedly, repeatedly. Uh, but there's actually a current. So there's a, a new Lego set out that is the uh, the Hoth attack set, which is really cool. I, I usually I, I pick them up for my wife to give her something to do so she stops bothering me. Wait, I didn't say that. Hold on, she listens. To oh wow, I can't no. we went from diamonds to Legos. <laughs> it's just cheaper. Well, no, because diamonds she just puts it on and then she can still nag me. But with the Legos, it keeps her busy. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyhow, this this is one that I, I didn't get it for because I wasn't sure how much she would like it. And then she saw it in the store. She's like, "Yes, I want that one." It, it has the uh, the probot. It has the little turret, uh, a little trench, a um, a snow. I guess yeah, snow trooper. Yeah, 
the little the snow stormtrooper snow trooper uh with their little uh, mounted can laser cannon that they have and it also comes with han solo and a rebel trooper or you know the the echo base trooper so uh they do have current stuff out on the shelves where you can get yourself a little uh, lego minifigure of the echo base trooper I do like the fact that, and it's one of those things that you see, and I don't think we really appreciate as much when we're watching the films because we're so caught up in the action of it. But you look at the Imperials, and there's sort of a uniformity to their uniforms, so to speak, right? Your stormtroopers look like stormtroopers, and if you're going to be, you know, in this new environment, then hey, everybody's trooper still kind of looks the same, kind of like with Battlefront, right? Unless you get your helmet off. You're, the stormtroopers are all kind of running around looking the same, even if they got the little breathing apparatus thing on them for Sullust or whatever. You're not customizing that. Um, whereas the the rebel base troopers from Hoth, even in the film, you can sort of tell they're designed to have a similar look, but they don't all look uniform. You can tell that sort of, it's sort of this ragtag band who's trying to manage to survive in this hostile environment. So they're a rather varied uh, looking group of cannon fodder. Yeah. Uh, or, or poor. Um, uh, was it derelict? Was that, uh, that's one that, that works too. I don't know. Oh, so poor people can't dress all like each other. That's racist. It's <laughs> not, that isn't racist. So here's a, here's another thing though. Um, because you may have finished it. Um, I can't really recommend it because I haven't finished it, and mostly because I could hardly get through it. The uh, the Battlefront Twilight Company. Now you finished that book, correct? I did. So won't that, I suppose, at some point, actually take place on Hoth, where some of them, I guess, will be those Echo Base troopers? Uh, kind of. I mean, we meet a few. Um, the main character or the main like couple of characters are kind of away from the main group at the time that they're on Echo Base. But yeah, we get to see sort of the missions leading up to why a handful of the main characters like uh, Hassan Namir are actually at Echo Base and then see the immediate results of the meetings that are being held there uh, after the evacuation. So you sort of see the not entirely the grunts side of the evacuation in the battle, but certainly something that's not nearly as. Uh, I don't know what to call it, like not heroic, but, you know, it's when you take the spotlight off of the heroic film characters and, oh, this is this grand adventure they're on and you get more kind of down into the muck of, wow, these guys are trying to not get killed and there's dead bodies littering where they're trying to escape through the the darker side of the Battle of Hoth. Okay. Yeah. That. (laughs) <laughs> so I guess I was just trying to come up with uh, with a place where you might can read about them because they're I, I was trying to think of uh, of anything else. The only thing I can think of that would come close to that would be the Lost Stars, but Lost Stars is really more about the airspeeder pilots, uh, more specifically Dak mm-hmm. than anyone else. I don't recall any soldiers or anything like that, like actual ground units in that so i i would think probably your closest your closest stories uh right now would be with um the twilight company book if you can get that far yeah many hey it was all right uh many many fond memories of my hoth dressed kenner star wars action figures be it luke han or uh, the rebel commander, if for no other reason than we had a white blanket 
So we had a perfect Hoth setting whenever I played with them. They were the only ones that matched their setting. <laughs> right. All right, man. So that's uh, that's going to take us out of that segment and I think take us to the end of this podcast episode, right? Anything You're the else? boss, Baron Administrator. All right. Well, first, let's go ahead and do our, uh, our due diligence, I guess, on the way out and uh, let everybody know all the places they can find us. I've kind of plugged it a few times here, but uh, of course we have the the email, which is cloudcitycasino at gmail.com. Send us something. We will read it. We will read it, unless it's just complete and laden with um, uh, obscenities. But then you know what, though? I think that might actually be fun to read that, too. Because I just sit there and just... Like Star Wars noise, and then maybe like an and Star Wars noise. <laughs> be like, the be like, Star Wars. Be like a military with the redacted documents. <laughs> right, right. So I don't know exactly what it said. There's all these spots where it's all blacked out. Right. So what I'm saying here is that, you know, the chances of your at least part of your email or, or an attempt at your email not getting read on the show is pretty limited. So go ahead and send that. And hey, if you know, if you've got any sort of feedback of I like this or Ah, you guys got away from collecting. I was so into collecting. You know, any of those types of things. Let us know. We can address them or not. We can make fun of you. That that'll mostly be Nate because I'm a nice guy. I'm not like him. Hey, I don't <laughs> make fun of, li- of the listeners. I make fun of you and me. Oh, you're right. And oh, that's right. You know, I'm about everything else, but not that. If somebody's going to take the time to write in, I'm going to be respectful. You you listen to Beyond the Films. That's true. I, that's I forgot. I'm the one who makes fun of the listener. I'm so, I'm such a jerk. No, at uh, least not on air. I mean, you might. Make fun of, he's not gonna make fun of him on air. I mean, come on. State state of the end for the bloopers. Now, Twitter is the other place. That, I apologize. I lost my train of thought there. Uh, Twitter's the other place that you can write in and uh, always kind of hit us up there. Of course, or I'm pretty active on the the Cloud City Casino page. Uh, Nate really handles more of the the Facebook page. Um, so you can you can hit us up both of those we'll most likely see both of us will most likely see it if not we will kind of tell the other one hey found a new thing and then we'll find out uh, possibly on air or, or whatever um, also have my own Twitter page which it's you know I don't use it too much but I think uh, I was actually thinking a moment ago I was like ah I should go ahead and post my because I'm almost done with it Nate I'm almost done with my uh, my shadow trooper helmet. Sweet. And so uh, I can kind of post all the, the process pictures as, as I went through on there. Um, and, you know, as, as soon as I'm done with that, then I will actually have a, a full uniform for the 501st Georgia Garrison, which Georgia Garrison is best garrison. But, of course, also, like I mentioned, we have the Facebook page where you can go find us there or at our home, thestarwarsreport.com. And if you uh, if you have the time, and come on, we know you got the time. Stop stop arguing with somebody about whether The Force Awakens was a remake of A New Hope. Stop arguing with people about who Snoke is. Instead, go to iTunes, find that Cloud City Casino, go over to the click to the little review section there, and write us a review. Throw five stars on it, preferably. Would really like if you threw the five stars on it, but uh, also write it out. That helps us so much. And Nobody's really been doing that lately. So if you could get on that, seriously appreciate it. Come on. we It's like the one thing we ask. Sometimes we give stuff away. We probably haven't done that in a while. We should do that here again soon. 
Uh, but definitely, bribery is the best policy. I feel like when working with scoundrels, and let's be honest, we're working with scoundrels, but that's cool. That sometimes you just gotta have a little bit of a uh, little bit of initiative. But that's cool. That's fine. I accept you for the scruffy nerf herder that you are, listener. Um, but if you don't listen to us on iTunes, you can also listen to us on TuneIn and Stitcher. Nate. Give all y'all plugs. Yes, you can find me uh, many places. The Star Wars Timeline Gold, the most comprehensive Star Wars chronology available anywhere, is over at StarWarsFanWars.com slash timeline. Drop the slash timeline. You can get access to some of the older podcasts like the Chrono Radio that I mentioned a while back. Uh, we have, of course, the YouTube channel, YouTube.com slash user slash Chrono Radio. That's where you'll find my Star Wars vlog. It's where you'll find the live stream of Battlefront that Michael and I just did as episode number 16. We'll probably have another of those in the near future, so be sure to check that out. Feel free to subscribe and whatnot. Uh, we, of course, have Star Wars Beyond the Films with me and Mark alongside Cloud City Casino at StarWarsReport.com. And all the different shows and such, as far as the podcast go, of course, have their own Facebook pages. The timeline has its own Facebook page. Uh, lots of Facebooking as opposed to Twittering or tweeting for me. But uh, yeah, yeah, be sure to check them out. I, I feel sad, though, now that I can't say, can't get all excited and say, hey, the YouTube channel, that's where you'll find a guide to Disney Infinity for Star Wars fans because it's, it's dead. Well, I mean, you know. It's gone. You know what we should do? Because this is, I'm outraged. Let's, let's get some money together. Let's get a GoFundMe and let's, let's show Disney that we want Disney Infinity and we'll have, uh, we'll start up a group, give us Infinities and, and we'll have a billboard. I'm thinking that given the interest in that compared to the interest in Continue Legends, I'm not sure it'd be a billboard. I think it'd be more like one of those yard signs for a politician, but we could do it. What are you talking about for Disney Infinity? Yeah. No, dude. Way more people. I guarantee you more people are upset. Oh, see, about- see, now this, mm-hmm. this I want to find out. I want to know what the installed consumer base was for Disney Infinity 3.0 and those who are actually upset that it's gone versus the the, the base for legends and who yeah. are upset that yeah. that one's no, gone. I, I, no, I, 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 I say you, unfortunately, uh, well, I'm fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. Uh, but point being, I think you are sort of at the center of an echo chamber because of, uh, beyond the films. True. Right. So I think to you, you, it seems like it's much bigger, but I, I assure you, dude, legends does not have the big, I mean, honest, let's just look at it. how long did it take them to get up $5,000 for that billboard? A long time, um, and so it's but like. Would people, be, but would people feel the passion about Disney Infinity to say, "Hey, let's put our money together and have a billboard saying, hey, Disney, why don't you continue Disney Infinity?'" I don't, I don't know that the passion for the continuation is there. I think there's a lot of disappointment that it's gone, but I'm wondering if there would be the same kind of passion engendered for it amongst the Star Wars community as opposed to like the Disney community in general. But. I don't know. That'd be that'd be interesting to see if there were any way to create actual statistics on that, and mm-hmm. without you know doing robocalls, calling unsolicited, and winding <laughs> up getting fined by the government. Right. Well, with as far as passion, that's like you said, that's a lot harder to measure. I would say probably no for a couple of reasons. One, it's been around for less time. Uh, two, I think all of the people who were playing that, as opposed to reading uh, Legends books, are a little more balanced in the head. Uh, also, I think that you know it really just kind of comes down to the fact that a lot of people expect more stuff to come and you know disney infinity was a lot of little kids who probably don't have the money to donate to something like that <laughs> i love that we're both just taking jabs at different people 
probably different part of our listenerships. No, no, it's, like, like, no, it's not exactly. I'm, just, I'm trying to think logically through the the process. I'm very oh, oh, curious. I was, I was just I was just being mean and taking. You were a just jab. being facetious. Yeah, I was just. That would be if you were a Sith. Your Darth name would be Darth Facetious. <laughs> Darth facetious. I like it. It's uh, it's pretty good. It's uh, your secret identity would be the Baron Administrator of this fine he establishment. Was, he was secretly trained by Count Dooku. Is that is that a good enough George, or do I sound like George or uh, yeah, George Bush again? Uh, I think that was that was it was decently passable as something other than George Bush. Oh, okay, excellent. I'm not sure if it was passable as George Lucas, <laughs> but certainly passable as something other than George Bush. Oh, okay. Hey, you know what? That's I think that's progress the step in the right direction you have leveled up all right all right man i think that uh we've insulted as many people and of course if you haven't figured it out by now it's just a lot of times when I, when I go off on stuff don't be like do the on here's the bre-. you know what dude i don't care it's cool it's cool i'm just say stuff sometimes it's uh isn't there something isn't there like some saying about not even buying your own bullcrap or something like that Something like that, yes. If there's not, there should be. Just playing around a little bit, uh, but uh, you know, of course, you can you can always write in if, if you if you take it hard, and, and we'll we'll discuss this off air or maybe on air. We'll see. I don't know. But for now, that's the end of this episode, scoundrels. But don't forget, let the Wookie win. Well, you know, sometimes. But make sure you got the right insurance. This red arm thing is going to drive me nuts. This party's over.